Know the top stories of the day. Understand the issues that matter. This is Manila Bulletin News on Web. Your quick rundown of top news in the country and around the world. Manila Bulletin, celebrating 120 years of timely stories and timeless truths. Be fully informed. Hi, I'm Barbie Atienza. This is MB Now, and here are your news on web. As several areas remain under strict quarantine restrictions, the Okta research team projected that the number of daily COVID-19 cases in the country will likely decrease by 50% in May. Okta Research Fellow Dr. Guido David said they are hoping to see a downward trend within one to two weeks but that doesn't mean that the virus has already been contained. He said that Metro Manila may still average 4,000 to 5,000 daily cases and the country may register around 9,000 to 10,000 daily cases by the end of April. After a two-week implementation of enhanced community quarantine in Metro Manila, Bulacan, Laguna, Cavite, and Rizal, also called the NCR Plus Bubble, David said the reproduction number in NCR has decreased from 1.88 to 1.24. David is hoping that the implementation of less strict modified enhanced community quarantine or MECQ will continue to decrease in reproduction number in NCR. He noted that NCR's average number of cases per day for the past seven days was lower at 4,800 as compared to 5,300 cases during the previous week. The Philippines has ordered 20 million doses of coronavirus vaccines from Russia as the two allies pledge to enhance cooperation in the fight against the pandemic. The country's supply order for the Sputnik V vaccines was reached following President Duterte and Russian President Vladimir Putin's phone call on Tuesday on enhancing robust relations. The 30-minute phone conversation was open and productive according to the palace. The palace also said Duterte thanked Putin for Russia's commitment to bolster cooperation in various areas, including in combating the coronavirus pandemic. The two leaders likewise committed to further enhance cooperative ties as the Philippines and Russia marked the 45th anniversary of diplomatic relations this year. Both Duterte and Putin recognized the steady progress in defense and security cooperation between the two countries, fostered by regular exchanges between defense, intelligence, and military agencies. The palace also added that they pledged to sustain the momentum gained over the past five years. In the tele-summit, Putin recognized that two countries could intensify cooperation in other areas. Duterte likewise invited Putin to visit the Philippines as soon as circumstances allow, which President Putin welcomed. Early Tuesday, vaccine Tsar Carlito Galvez Jr. said the government is expected to finalize a supply deal with Russia's Gamaleya National Center for the purchase of 20 million doses of vaccines. The initial 500,000 doses are expected to arrive in the country this month, followed by 2 million doses next month. An additional 4 million Gamaleya doses are expected to be delivered in June, while another 4 million shots will arrive in July. The Philippines has made another pitch for the adoption of a code of conduct in the South China Sea to avoid escalating tension among claimants. Presidential spokesman Haroroki said President Duterte hopes the code of conduct will be finalized as he pressed for a peaceful and rule-based resolution to the territorial conflict. Tension in the region has been reignited after the Philippines protested the unlawful stay of Chinese vessels in the West Philippine Sea. The government earlier raised alarm over the presence of over 200 Chinese maritime militia vessels at the Julian Felipe Reef last month. The number of Chinese ships at the local reef has reportedly dwindled by the vessels simply spread to the other parts of the local waters. 
a substantive and effective code of conduct in the South China Sea is still being negotiated by the 10-member association of Southeast Asian nations or ASEAN and China since the first non-binding declaration was forged in 2002. The group earlier agreed to finalize the code by 2022 but negotiations have been reportedly being derailed by the movement restrictions arising from the pandemic. Apart from the Philippines, ASEAN members nations Brunei, Malaysia and Vietnam have overlapping claims with China in the South China Sea. Rocky said the president's position on the West Philippine Sea has not changed, citing an abritual ruling that nullified China's claims over the area. Manila has asked Beijing to pull out its vessels from local waters, insisting the country's sovereign rights over the territory. China, however, ignored the country's plea, insisting the fishing vessels were taking shelter from raft seas and that no militia were on board. After describing her latest initiative as very doable, Vice President Lenny Robredo called on local government units to replicate the free mobile testing laboratory service that made its trial run in Quezon City on Wednesday, April 14. The mobile testing laboratory brought with it equipment for chest x-ray and complete blood count, both of which are diagnostic tests used by doctors to determine and confirm the severity of COVID-19 and non-COVID-19 illnesses. Robredo urged the LGUs, especially those with high COVID-19 transmission rates, to follow the initiative even for just once a week to help patients who need to get a chest x-ray and other tests. Over the past weeks, she launched her office's free mobile antigen testing and medical teleconsult service to provide medical care to people without access to hospitals and doctors. Robredo admitted that this program was small in scale compared to the bigger problems of congested healthcare facilities, but she said if LGUs can replicate the initiative, this will help decrease the pressure from overwhelmed hospitals and healthcare workers. She also said lining up in hospitals to wait for laboratory tests can cause virus transmission, a primary reason why her mobile laboratory service was done outdoors for ventilation. Right now, although the service remains free, it only works to cater patients referred to by Robredo's volunteer doctors for the Bayanihan e-consulta program. Here is a roundup of news in and around Metro Manila. Let's watch this report. The Quezon City government has announced that scheduled slots for those who want to get vaccinated against the COVID-19 are already fully booked until April 17. This is due to the limited supply of COVID-19 vaccine coming from the Department of Health. According to the local government, they will immediately open slots in coming days once a new batch of vaccine supplies arrives. For residents who already confirmed registration on the website, the local government advised them to get the vaccination schedule not later than Saturday, April 17. The Hospital ng Muntinlupa on Tuesday said its COVID-19 ward has reached overcapacity. In an advisory, the hospital said its number of patients has already exceeded both its allocated regular and intensive care unit beds for COVID-19 cases. The hospital also advised patients who will come to the hospital for emergency services to expect prolonged waiting or eventual referral to other hospitals. Dr. Edwin Dimatatak, hospital director, said the COVID-19 is much worse now compared last year. The Department of Information and Communications Technology, or DICT, officially launched on Tuesday, April 13, the country's primary immunization registry in the city of San Juan. The Vaccine Information Management System Immunization Registry will help streamline the vaccine registration process of the country and further boost the speed of the updating of the records of vaccinated residents, which will be then sent to the Department of Health for real-time tallying. San Juan City Mayor Francis Zamora, DICT Secretary Gringo Honasan, and Secretary Vince Dizon attended the launch of the VI 
MSIR at the Field Oil Flying V Center, San Juan's Primary Vaccination Center. The local government said the vaccination process averaged 20 minutes per person starting from the registration to vaccination proper, but with the VIMSIR, it will able to cut processing time to 10 minutes per person for registration to vaccination. Now, let's take a look at the latest news in other parts of the country. Here are the details. Child labor and unfair labor practices are prevalent in the mining communities in Romblon, the Commission on Human Rights disclosed on Wednesday, April 14. Citing results of a research, the CHR said that graft and corruption and environmental concerns have also been unearthed. The CHR also said that the marble mining industry has placed Roblon into worldwide recognition but has also allegedly adversely affected the environment and the well-being of the people. The CHR recommended that the Department of Labor and Employment conduct a thorough investigation on the issues of unfair labor practices and establish an office to address the problems of mine workers. With major religious activities taking place as part of the quincentennial celebrations of the arrival of Christianity in the country, Malacanang has declared April 14 as a special non-working day in the city of Cebu. This so that the people of the city of Cebu be given full opportunity to celebrate and participate in the occasion with appropriate ceremonies according to Proclamation 1130 signed by Executive Secretary Salvador Medialdea. Activities include the reenactment of the first baptism at the Magellan's Cross in Plaza Sugbo, Pontifical Mass in commemoration of the 500 years of Christianity, the blessing of the Santo Niño exhibit at the Basilica Minore del Santo Niño Museum, and cultural events. Malacanang, however, reminded that basic health protocols must be observed during the series of activities. A total of 181 civilian families displaced by armed hostilities due to a clan war in Upland South OP Maguindanao have been escorted back to their community. The Army's 57th Infantry Battalion and the town police facilitated the Balik Barangay of the 181 Pabilyang Bakwit early morning on Wednesday. Forty indigenous peoples belonging to several Teduray clans and the Omer family have been locked in a long-standing feud over the ownership of vast tracts of land in the village. Through the signing of a peace commitment, the evacuees could start rebuilding their lives with the help of the local government unit and the military and police authorities. Updates from around the world, and here is that report. Among COVID patients, a lack of exercise is linked to more severe symptoms and higher risk of death, according to a study covering nearly 50,000 people who were infected with the virus. People physically inactive for at least two years before the pandemic were more likely to be hospitalized, to require intensive care, and to die, researchers reported Tuesday on British Journal of Sports Medicine. Compared to other modifiable risks, factors such as smoking, obesity, or hypertension, physical inactivity was the strongest risk factor across all outcomes, the authors concluded. The pre-existing conditions most associated with severe COVID-19 infection are advanced age, being male, and having diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. Pfizer has ramped up production for its COVID-19 vaccine and can deliver 10% more doses than expected to the United States by the end of May, according to CEO Albert Bourla. That would bring its delivery by end of next month to 220 million doses. And Bourla said on Twitter, the pharmaceutical giant can also supply the full 200 million agreed on for the end of July two weeks early. The news comes after U.S. health authorities earlier in the day called for a pause on the use of Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine after six women between age 18 and 
1948 developed a rare type of blood clot that left on dead and another in critical condition. The White House said it was confident there would be no significant impact on the vaccination plan in the world's hardest hit country. Biden has promised doses would be available for all adults in the country by the end of May. And in addition to doses of the Pfizer vaccine developed with German firm BioNTech, Washington has also ordered 300 million doses of Moderna's jab. A home surveillance camera captures a fireball streaking across the sky over Florida on Monday night before creating a bright flash as it burns up off the east coast of the Sunshine State. A local TV station received more than 200 reports from residents that spotted the fireball at around 10.20 p.m. local time. Here are the latest in showbiz. Let's watch this. Miss Universe Philippines Rabia Mateo surprised a working student in Cebu City by giving her a laptop before she left for the U.S. to compete at the 69th Miss Universe beauty pageant. In a video uploaded on Instagram on April 13, Rabia personally met Joyce Baluran, a fast food service crew who is determined to become a teacher someday. Rabia said she saw a post on Joyce who was attending online classes during break time in November 2020 and the beauty queen said that she was impressed with Joyce's hard work. Joy said that she only used a cell phone to attend her online classes. Rabia, who is also an ambassador for education, said that she knows how hard it is to attend online classes through a cell phone, so she decided to give her a laptop. Joyce cried and thanked Rabia for the gift and wished the beauty queen the best of luck in her pageant journey abroad. Meanwhile, two Miss Universe candidates tested positive for COVID-19 as the girls prepared to fly to Florida in the U.S. for the competition. Miss Universe Argentina Alina Luz Axelrod revealed on April 12 via Instagram her COVID test result. Miss Argentina said despite taking the necessary precautions, she was still tested positive for COVID-19. Miss Universe India Adeline Castellino also posted on the same day her COVID test result. She also said that she will fight her way to beat the virus and requests everyone to wear their masks and follow government protocols. The two Miss Universe candidates are currently in isolation in their countries and are taking all the necessary precautions to get better. In January this year, Miss Universe Malaysia Francisca Luhong James also tested positive for COVID-19 and have already recovered. And here are the latest from Manila Bulletin Sports section. Let's watch this. The Olympic flame is on its way across Japan and athletes around the world are wrapping up training, but 100 days before Tokyo 2020 opens, organizers still face monumental challenges. Virus surges, including in Japan, are playing havoc with preparations and fueling uncertainty about whether the Games can or should happen this summer. But despite the virus surge, the tone from organizers and Olympic officials is still one of confidence with public pronouncements focused on how the Games will happen, not whether they will. Japan won't require Olympic participants to be vaccinated, but the International Olympic Committee is encouraging jabs and has secured Chinese-made doses for athletes in countries without access to them. Despite the problems, Tokyo 2020 organizers say they are confident, saying we will be able to deliver a safe and secure Games. They have released playbooks outlining antivirus measures which will be updated later this month. Athletes and other Olympic participants arriving from overseas will be able to skip quarantine and are not required to show proof of vaccination. But instead, they will be asked to limit their movements, stay only at the Olympic Village during their events, and face regular virus testing. And in today's Tech Talk, 
with the recent news circulating online about a leak on Facebook that made information of thousands of Filipino Facebook users available to hackers, our Manila Bulletin Tech News Editor, Art Samaniego, gives us some pointers on how to make our Facebook account safer. Let's watch this. News about Facebook data leak made the rounds on social media recently. This caused a concern to most Filipinos as more than 800,000 Facebook accounts from the country have been made publicly available. Today, we will share with you how you can make your Facebook account more secure. Hi, I'm Art Samaniego and welcome to Tech Talk. One way to find out if your accounts have been compromised is to go to haveibeenpwned.com. There, you can either give your email address or mobile phone number to find out which websites your account have been compromised. If your account is indeed compromised, here are the few steps to secure it. First is to change your Facebook password immediately. When you create a new password, bear in mind that your password should be easy for you to remember but difficult for others to guess. Your Facebook password should be different to the password you use to log in in other accounts such as your email or bank account. Your password should not be your email address, phone number, or date of birth. Longer passwords are usually more secure. If you see a message letting you know that the password you have entered isn't strong enough, try mixing together uppercase and lowercase letters. You can also make the password more complex by using a passphrase. It is easier to remember and almost impossible to crack. Second, activate two-factor authentication in your Facebook account. This way, you will give your account an extra layer of security. To do this, go to your Facebook security and login from the settings. Then tap on to the use two-factor authentication. Then edit it to your preference. Apart from securing your passwords, here are a few more tips to make sure your Facebook account is safe and secure from potential cyber criminals. First, make sure that the Facebook website that you are logging into is the actual Facebook website because hackers can accurately recreate a website to steal your information. Before logging in, make sure to check the URL of the website. If it is not the actual URL of Facebook, do not plug in. Second, if you are sharing a computer with other people, make sure to log out before handing it to them. Third, never accept friend requests from people who you do not know. Hackers will make fake accounts and may flood your wall with tagged malicious posts. Fourth, if you receive a link from someone, verify first if he or she really intended to send you that link. If it is unverified, never click the link as it may take you to a website that can hack into your account. Lastly, get an alert when your account receives an unrecognized login. In your security and login settings, you may activate this so that Facebook will alert you. As a rule of the thumb, we should always make sure that our online accounts are safe and secure. Once your account is breached, it is not only you who would be affected, but also your friends and family. Because at the end of the day, our online accounts are an extension of our lives, no matter how private or public it is. And that is Tech Talk for this week. 
Join us again next week for more tech updates. This is Art Samaniego, and this is Tech Talk. Be fully informed. Thank you so much, Art, for those tips. And with the recent Facebook leak, I hope that it will serve as a lesson to all of us that we should all take time to secure our online accounts. And those are the news on web today, April 14, 2021. For more news and details, get your copy of the Manila Bulletin newspaper tomorrow or log on to www.mb.com.ph or you may also subscribe to our newsletter through the link of this video's caption to have the day's latest news delivered to your inbox. Now I am Barbie Atienza for Manila Bulletin. Join us again tomorrow. This has been MB Now. Be fully informed.